for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. How's it going today, Amanda? Hey, it's going really well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Really excited to chat with you. You know, it's it's always fun to uh, get to meet new musicians, especially musicians from Montana, because we have a, a soft place in our heart for Montana musicians. Some of the first musicians we started working with were actually from Montana, which was kind of an interesting thing, being that we were based out of New Mexico when we first got started. So, That's um, cool really excited to chat with you and uh you know you got new single that dropped a couple of weeks ago and ready to jump into all that fun stuff uh but for anybody that's kind of getting to meet you for the first time uh for my audience what was it like grow- growing up in montana for you um yeah yeah so I, I split my time uh until i was about um 10 uh 12 13 years old um i grew up in washington area and then spent my summers out in montana because my grandparents on a cattle ranch in northwestern montana um and then we my family eventually moved us to montana and i lived in a tiny tiny little town um and uh it was it was fun i mean there's there's definitely it was a little bit of a culture shock going from a bigger city to tiny, tiny town, no stoplights, um, you know, everybody knows everybody. And, but it was, you know, it was, it was, I was very fortunate. I think, you know, I got to experience, um, you know, mountain life and my grandparents ranch again, I grew up riding horses and, and just really getting to, um, experience, um, outdoors, the outdoors a lot more, um, than I think maybe a lot of people. So I feel very fortunate. Nice. That's awesome. And so at what point did music kind of come into play? Was that something that was just kind of always around or did it come around a little bit later in life? Yeah, music was always around. Um, I my mom was saying I was singing before I was actually speaking. You know, I wasn't even saying anything, but I was just humming around as a little tiny little toddler girl who couldn't even talk yet. I guess baby who couldn't talk yet. Um, and I've just always, you know, I've plugged away at the piano and as soon as I could, I think I was, you know, seven or eight years old, I was in choir singing and getting solos and things like that. And again, just doing a little bit of piano. And then I started playing guitar when I was about 14 years old, just kind of teaching myself in my room with my door shut, hoping nice. that no one was listening. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the piano was the first instrument, but once you kind of picked up the guitar, what were you learning to play? Was it just like whatever the standard things were or were you trying to like learn covers of like pop songs or something? Yeah, so I was, I definitely wanted to sing. I always knew I kind of wanted to songwrite, but I hadn't really gotten into it yet. I was more just, you know, there are songs that I love to listen to, like, you know, Fleetwood Mac song, mm-hmm. Cheryl Crow, things like that. And I didn't want to sing to a backing track. I didn't think that was yeah. cool at all. And I, so I, just, I, you know, I learned the chords. I kind of just taught myself by picking a song like landslide and then mm-hmm. just looking up the tabs for it and, yeah. and just, you know, grudging or like just trudging along trying to learn. Took me like a month to learn a song because I was kind of doing it myself and I'm not a super fast learner. I wasn't at the time. 
Um, but that's just kind of how I learned stuff. And like, I didn't play, I didn't know how to play an F sharp chord yeah. until, you know, I learned a song that had it in it type of thing, you know, yeah. so it's maybe not the best way to do it, but, um, I was fortunate then to start playing with other people as I got to college and mm. out of college. And, and I learned quickly from a lot of really talented musicians that I get to call friends. So nice. That helped. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, it's, you, you said it's maybe not the best way to learn teaching yourself. And to some degree, I understand what you're saying, but like the, the idea I, to me, I think you remember things a lot better if you just kind of teach yourself, like, yeah, you may not know that's, that's that's like a whatever chord it is. But once you kind of associate, like once you start getting, a, once you teach yourself the bases and then get around people that went through like the professional training, all that kind of starts to collide. And it's like, oh, this chord that I've been playing, that sounds really good to me. That's a, a you know, like whatever it is. So, For sure. uh, you know, just to me, it's like kind of teaching yourself seems to be a really, cool way to do it and then as you kind of grow you can learn like the more technical aspects of things very so, true yeah very true oh and so then you, you said you picked up the guitar because you didn't want to sing to a backing track it was singing something you always knew you could do or did that just yeah I, I guess I didn't know if I could do it but my mom actually sang a lot too growing up and so then her and I would enter into little karaoke contests and, and you know, at the, at the county fair and mm -hmm. things like that together. And we always got good reaction. And I mean, I was a kid singing, so it wasn't perfect, but yeah. you know, no one told me like, Oh, you should not sing. You know, everybody's yeah. like, keep doing it. That's awesome. You're going to get better. You're going to get better. So I always kind of, even though I didn't know if I was super good yet, just cause you know, it's like my grandma or my mom mm -hmm. telling me I'm good. I loved to do it, you know, it mm -hmm. made me feel good. And so I just kind of, I just kind of rolled with that, you know, it's a good feeling. I don't, I don't actually really do drugs or drink a ton, but I sing and that makes me feel good. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's, and then it was like, I'm sure it was probably like, once you got into choir, that's kind of when you started to realize, yeah. oh, hey, it's more than just my mom, my grandma, my family saying I can sing. It's people that aren't related to me saying the exact same thing. So maybe this is something I need to look into. Exactly. And I they they made me be an alto um, just because I, I had the mind. I mean, my range isn't amazing. I don't know that I could be called a true, true soprano, but I had enough range and the mind to pick out harmonies and things like that. And and so that kind of, for me, was like an indicator of like, oh, I could do this. And they, they believed that I can do this. And then they were giving me solos. And I was like, okay, maybe... Maybe there's something there. Maybe I am okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so going through this process of starting off with piano, then picking up the guitar because you didn't want to sing to a backing track and then kind of like just diving in head first. At what point did you kind of start writing your own music or was that something that you had always done? Um, it was not something I'd always done. I always thought it was cool to the, of, of people that wrote music. You know, I pick a song because I love it because I identify with it. And I always thought it was really cool that people could do that. And I wanted to do it. But I didn't start really writing until I was, um, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. My, my dad passed away when I was 14. And mm. I didn't really do any music or do anything. But I had this guitar. And for whatever reason, it took me a few years to kind of figure out how to process in different ways um and one of those was like i said two years later where i just started kind of writing and 
and messing around on my guitar and just kind of seeing how I was feeling. And it kind of spawned from there, you know, so a lot of my earlier music is, you know, about losing my dad and, and a lot of the hardships that go through that. Um, and I discovered that it was just a way to kind of get things out in another way that I felt good, you know, singing my own story. Um, and so it just kind of spouts from there. Um, and I just kind of write whenever I feel inspired. I, I've done the whole, <laughs> I've done the whole thing where I've tried to write every day and have a regimented schedule and it never really worked for me, but um, I tend to find inspiration a lot. So especially living in the beautiful state of Montana, I can just go outside and not necessarily that I'm always writing about nature or anything, but for whatever reason, being out in the open, just it allows me to just kind of be open and free and feel what I feel. And then I can write it down. So yeah, for sure. For sure. Since we're on the topic of songwriting and stuff, you did just release a new song drugs a few weeks ago. It's what has it been three weeks, four weeks, yeah, so two and a half, three weeks. Yeah. I, I'm sitting here. I'm like, all right, math, math, math. Yeah. How, how does math with dates work? But uh, so you uh, released a single called Drugs. Uh, what, what's the uh, story behind this song? The story behind that song is that um, I had been writing with this guy named Eddie Herda. He's in California. And he was just bringing me songs that he had kind of started. And we just would get together and I would bring ideas, he'd bring ideas, and we'd just see if anything worked. And he brought the idea of the song. It wasn't called Drugs at the time. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was kind of loosely based around what drugs came to be, um, mm -hmm. just about being with someone that um, wants you to be something that you're just not kind of a mm -hmm. thing. Um, and I felt inspired by that because I'd been in a similar situation with a friend of mine who... Um, was actually doing a lot of drugs um, and I hadn't been around that type of environment much before. So I didn't really even know that it was happening to be honest. I don't, maybe I didn't want to believe that it was happening, but um, this person was just very, um, very toxic. I think, I mean, he was a good person, but just wanted me to be things that I couldn't be and um, wanted me to do things that I just couldn't do. And, and so this song kind of spiraled from that um, as just kind of a letter to him, but also to myself to just kind of remind myself that I can say no and I can't be everything to everyone. I can only be what feels right to me type of thing. And um, I don't know, it, it's just kind of a blatant thing to say drugs, you know, it's just mm -hmm. like very it's there, but at, at the same time, we talked about being a little bit more reserved with what we were going to call it, what we we're going to say. But then I was like, you know, this is just one of those things that I just feel like I need to be very honest and very straightforward. And also, I mean, it just kind of grabs your attention and it's, it's not something that should be overlooked and it's not something that should be swept under a rug. So mm -hmm. why not call it something like that? And why not just be very straightforward? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's very, I, like when you just go down your Spotify list and see, the name drugs it's very eye-catching it's just like yeah. it's a simple word but it just holds so much power it's like okay i want to hear what this song is about like yeah yeah um so you'd mentioned that this kind of started off or that you were working with somebody else um writing the song or it was brought to you by somebody else and then uh it kind of morphed into what the song is how long did that kind of creative process take from the moment that it was like originally brought to you and then to where it's at now? I wrote, so Eddie brought kind of the bones of, of it and the idea. And I sat with him for about 10, 20 minutes and just was like, 
I think I need to take this one by myself and just see. So I did, even though we kind of wrote it together and had help from, from mm-hmm. Carrie Turner as well and Tim Bruns too, were um, they, they threw their, threw a little spice in there too. But um, I was like, I just kind of need to sit with this one for a second. So I, I hung up um, our Skype call. I hung up the call with Eddie and then I just sat here thinking that maybe I would just leave it and walk away. But um I don't know. I just sat with it for probably even five minutes and all of a sudden it just started flowing and it probably took me, you know, 30, 45 minutes to get the rest of the lyrics. And, and then I sent him a voice memo and we're like, Holy shit. I think, I think this is it. I think we're done. And uh, so honestly, it really was not that long. And then I brought it into the studio to record and my producer, Tim Bruns had just a couple little ideas too. And then that's where we decided, um, Hey, maybe this could be a duet. Um, mm-hmm. and so we're friends with this band called the cabin boys, Tim, my producer is actually in the cabin boys. And he, he kind of, we'd always talked about maybe doing a, some sort of collaboration and he felt inspired by the song too. And he knew that the rest of the cabin boys would as well. So it's one of those songs that even though it's very straightforward, I think a lot of people can draw their own inspiration from it or, or identify with it in different ways. And, and so we showed it to the rest of the cabin boys and they were in and uh, we recorded it all in a day. Nice. And cabin boys, are they also based out of Montana or cabin boys are based out of Nashville actually. Nash- and okay. Straight plug. We have a, we have a show this, this Friday, the 12th at the basement and playing with the, with the cabin boys and we'll play our song drugs. Nice. So. Awesome. So, awesome. Uh, <laughs> cool. And so w- with this song out now, where are you kind of headed now? Are you looking at the, another single or do you see yourself kind of doing another full length album? Where are you kind of at creatively? Yeah, so I actually have a full-length album that's done, and what I'm doing is releasing singles off of it. Mm -hmm. I have 12 songs, and so far I've released uh, one, two, three, four, five of them. I'm going to do two more. I'm going to release seven total, because why not, you know? Just throw them out there. I've got two more singles coming out, one coming out this month, um, one more next month, and then the full album will be out in July, mid-July. Nice. that's a good time to release out. In my opinion, I think summertime is always a good time to release albums because you're probably in the middle of like playing a lot more shows, especially in Montana. I, I would assume you play a lot more shows during the summertime than the absolutely yes. the wintertime. Um, but that's just my minimal knowledge of Montana. Um, yeah. Kind of peeking through, but you know, you just kind correct. of, yeah. The, the idea of just like the summertime and, getting out playing more shows you know it just kind of makes sense uh so with all that kind of happening what's been the biggest struggle for you in like now that you're kind of like in the middle of this release process having five singles out and working on or releasing two more what's kind of been the biggest struggle for you kind of going through this whole process of releasing music um i think you know just getting myself out there marketing it has always been really hard for me. I have a little bit of help, but I think I might speak for other musicians or artists when I say it's really hard for us to market ourselves. It feels, it feels uncomfortable. You know, Mm -hmm. we put out this art, we've bared our soul and then now I have to try and sell it. Um, So that that's definitely hard for me trying to, there's, there's no right formula to get it in front of people, but the best thing that I can do is just play my songs for people and, and make connections. And um, that's been going pretty well. Um, it is weird for me to think that I put all this effort into this project and now it's just out there and I don't know how it's going to go. 
Hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I'm already writing again. I'm already working, yeah. like writing for the third album. I can't stop. <laughs> so yeah. like, part of me is like, I've been sitting with this album, even though it's not out yet. I've been sitting with it for so long. And, and I've heard these songs over and over and I'm ready for them to be out so that I can, you know, start releasing more music. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited overall. It's, it's not like I'm tired of it or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's more just kind of like waiting for it to happen now. I just, yeah. I'm ready for it all to be out. Yeah, for sure. And you, you brought up like, it's hard to promote yourself, which yeah. I 100% agree. Like it's hard. Like I, I sit here trying to think of ways to promote like live and amplified and everything that we do. And it's like, nobody's interested in hearing for the eight, for the story about the time we got kicked out of this place. You know, nobody wants to hear these stories. And then everybody's right. like, I tell it to friends and they're like, dude, that story's funny. You need to tell yeah. that story, you know? And it's like, okay, how do I tell this story? And then it's yeah. like, and then one of the things that I found that has like worked really well, just in general, like with musicians and just creatives in general is kind of promoting through the documentation of the creative process. So like when you're sitting there working out a song, just kind of taking your phone, like for a musician in general, just kind of taking your phone and like recording you, like trying to work out the chord progression or, you know, like whatever it is. So mm-hmm. to, just okay. kind of a little bit of a- That's a good idea. Inside, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah <laughs> for sure. Um, so for anybody that wants to follow you on social media, interact with you, uh, listen to your music, catch a show, where's the best place to find you online? Yeah. So all of my, all my social medias are just at Amanda Stewart music. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a website that houses, um, my calendar with all of my shows. It has, um, all the links to my social media, to my YouTube, it's got merch. You can buy albums there and that's amandastewartmusic.com. Awesome. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Before we go to your last song here, what's one piece of advice you have for the young musicians out there? The one piece of advice I have is start as soon as you can. Don't let fear get in the way. Um, I wish that I would have been brave enough to play my songs out sooner. And I'm seeing these kids. I'm I'm almost 32. So I can say kids, quote, unquote, um, these 18, 19, 20 year old kids that are out there um, doing it, playing songs. And I'm so proud of them because I wish that I would have done that sooner. I, I don't think I started really playing out for people and playing gigs until I was in my mid to late twenties. And mm-hmm. just that experience, the only way you're going to get better is by experience and doing mm-hmm. it. They say it takes what, 10,000 hours to, you know, become an expert at something. And I know that's true. I, look back at where I was even three or four years ago. And I hate the way that my voice sounded, you know, and, and now I'm finally where I'm at at almost 32 years old and I'm feeling pretty confident where I'm at. I, I love that I continue to grow and my voice as I get older changes. And so, yeah, just start as soon as you can and don't be afraid to sound stupid or sound silly or, or think that people don't, don't like it. Cause I guarantee you at least one person is going to like it. And even if they don't like if you're feeling good about it and you feel like everything you're doing services you getting better then just do it. Mm-hmm. I a hundred percent agree. I keep telling young musicians that I, I actually over Christmas, I had gotten asked a similar question about how uh, this kid was 18 and he was asking me, Hey, how do I, how do I grow my music or how do I become better at playing? It was something to that effect. I was like, honestly, you have five months left in school go get a job, save every penny you can. And then this summer before 
you have to go to college or whatever you have to do come fall, go hit the road for the next three months and don't stop until you run out of money or you get to where you want to go. Yeah, and, sure. you know, it was just like hit open mics, all that fun stuff, but open mics. And, and a lot of these communities too, there's, there's breweries or restaurants, even it is your background music. Not that I want anybody to just be a background musician, but mm -hmm. for me, a lot of, I'm a full-time, I make my money full-time playing music and mm -hmm. half the time it's in restaurants or bars or whatever. And, and I am just background music, you know, and I do tips and stuff, but that's a good environment for me to try out new songs because mm -hmm. I'm like, maybe some people are paying attention, some aren't, but I'm exercising my vocals, my guitar mm -hmm. playing, being in front of people. And then it's just a bonus if you can win over a crowd, quote yeah. unquote, you know, if, if you're supposed to be background music and you're playing something that gets everybody paying attention or dancing, yeah. like, that's a good, that's a good way to do it. But just do it, even if it's just locally. Uh, mm -hmm. Even making, you know, not a ton of money. I will always advocate for getting paid for, mm -hmm. you know, your profession, but, um, yeah. you know, just kind of be realistic with what you're going to make if you're starting out versus being more of a veteran and, and whatnot. 100% agreed. 100% agreed.